From Kindred Church, your inclusive church family. This podcast is a collection of sermons from our weekly worship services in Durham, North Carolina. Whatever your background is, wherever you are on your faith journey, we hope this message helps you take your next steps in response to God's unconditional love. Well, hello and welcome to Kindred Church. It's so good to be with you. If we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And if this is your first time to tune in with us, we're especially glad that you've joined us. Uh, Real fast before we get into the the sermon for today, just a quick reminder that next Sunday, that's October the 30th, is going to be our annual Commitment Sunday. This is the the grand finale of our generosity campaign that we've got going on right now. And in worship next Sunday, there will be a a special time, and this is true for in-person worship and and online worship as well, that there will be a special time when all of us who consider Kindred to be our church home uh, will be invited and will be encouraged to confidentially let the church know how much we plan to contribute to the church financially in the upcoming year. Uh, As you can imagine, that's a a really important thing for the church to to know as we're budgeting and and planning our ministries for 2023. And it's also just a a really important and and powerful moment when we can come together as a church family uh, and each contribute as, as we're able, each make that commitment as we're able. We're all in our unique places financially, of, of course, and so the amounts that we can give will certainly vary. Uh, But if we can all practice generosity with with what we have, uh, then we can make some incredible and and exciting plans to to not just continue, but to grow and expand Kindred's ministries in 2023. Uh, So we'd love to to see you uh, in person worship next Sunday. If you are able, you can get the details about how to do that on our website. It's kindrednc.church. But if all you can do is is tune in online, uh, that's just fine as well. But we're looking forward to uh, a great end to our 2022 generosity campaign. Uh, Well, now let's turn to the the scripture for today. And we're back in the book of Isaiah. Today, we're looking at chapter 58, verses 11 and 12. And it says this, The Lord will guide you continually and provide for you, even in parched places. He will rescue your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, That won't run dry. They will rebuild ancient ruins on your account. The foundations of generations past you will restore. You will be called mender of broken walls, restorer of livable streets. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, Well, today we've got Pastor Jameson Doring here to give the the sermon for us. If you were with Kindred back uh, over the summer, you may remember that Pastor Jameson preached for us back in July. He is the executive pastor at our mother church, University United Methodist, and it's always a joy when Jameson can join us. So I'm going to turn it over to him now uh, to continue our sermon series, Arise and Shine. Greetings, Kindred family. It's so wonderful to see all of you again, to be here with you, worshiping online. We're in our third week of generosity, and as one of the pastors on staff, my name is Jameson. I'm so thankful to be with you as we explore today our topic, Parched Places. We've been journeying through this Arise and Shine campaign, thinking about how does generosity shape us? How does it shape others? How are we in touch with it? How is God in touch with us? What's the rhythm of life that we're called to so we can be generous like our God has been generous? It's such a great 
topic, but I think as we talk about parched places, perhaps some of you have already felt this way over the last few weeks. What about those seasons of life? What about those things that happen to me? What about those tough stretches where I don't know how to be generous because I feel exhausted? I feel parched. I feel like I need God to show up before I can even think about helping God show up in someone else's life. And I want to focus on that today because it's a very real feeling. It's a very true feeling. And I think that scripture in Isaiah speaks to it directly. But let me put forward an example of why parched places and exhaustion is so hard to grapple with. Because there's something in us that causes us to push harder and further perhaps than we should. At the ripe old age of 32, I found myself having a surgery. And this surgery required me to have to have cardiac rehab. Now at that time, I was a former basketball player. I played through high school, intramurals through college. I'd kept it up. I felt like I was in pretty good shape. But let's just say that cardiac rehab stresses the humility of even the finest athlete among us. So my first day in rehab, I go through the paces. They're explaining to me how they're going to take it slow. Got to ramp things back up. Got to get my body back in shape. And I'm thinking, okay, I've worked out enough in my life. I know how this is going to work. But as I got on that treadmill for the first time, they put me at one mile per hour. Now I have to tell you, while I do enjoy a leisurely stroll, a mile per hour was hard on my mind because it felt very slow and I wanted to push faster. What didn't help me is that two treadmills down, working out typically at the same time that I did in the morning, was an older gentleman in his mid to late 60s who was at two and a half miles per hour. And I have to tell you that even though I appreciated that I, he was further ahead in the process, several weeks into his cardiac rehab and I had just started, there was just something that bothered me about me going one mile per hour and him going two and a half miles per hour and the age difference wasn't lost on me. Again, vanity, I present before you brothers and sisters. I decided I'd creep up my treadmill to 1.2. And let me tell you, it was a mistake. By the end of that session, I was wiped. And the nurse uh, that was kind of monitoring all of us came over to me and said, why did you increase your speed? And I said, well, I felt like the others around me were moving a little faster and I thought that I could keep up. And she said, how about you let me set the pace and we'll get you right in the right amount of time. And I said, you're right, you're right. I'd like to point out at this point, and it struck me later that I don't even like running. I don't even like moving fast. So why in that moment was I pushing myself to 1.2 miles per hour, which at the time felt like I was going really fast. Why did I feel that urge? Because there's something in me that said, you can push harder. You can go faster. It's okay to be exhausted. Keep pushing. And I think that's a truth we've heard a lot in our lives, isn't it? We and the hustle and bustle of our society with those stresses and the pressures we have with work or rhythms around children's schedules or just retirement, wherever we are, we feel this push to keep getting things done, to fill up our schedule. Exhaustion is a badge of honor. And I relate to that probably like you relate to that. There's something in us that says, well, I can demonstrate how effective I am by how hard I've pushed, by how much I've done. And what we subtly fall into is this trap of saying, my worth is tied to what I do. Who I am is about what I've accomplished. And while what we do and what we accomplish is important, 
we know that the harder we push, when we push beyond our limits, how often we find ourselves in parched places. How often we feel exhausted and burned out. How often we feel like we can't keep going. When we really stop for once, we say, man, I am beat down. I feel broken. And on top of that, life happens. Difficult seasons of grief, death, loss, tragedy, transitions, whatever you've experienced, that gets piled on top of that already work-induced exhaustion until we feel like, where is God? How do I connect? How do I get up in the morning, let alone talk about generosity? How do I think about others when I'm so desperately thirsty myself? And friends, if you've ever been there, if you've ever experienced that, I want to tell you, you're in the right place for Isaiah 58. It's a passage in which God looks at the people of Israel and says, Hey, what are you resting for? What's the purpose behind the Sabbath? Why order your life around a relationship with me? You see, the Israelites had come back from exile. And Isaiah, as you may have heard before, it's a long book. And we believe that there are certain sections that speak to the specific periods in the life of God's people. The first part of Isaiah, we believe, is the original prophet speaking about the impending exile to Babylon. We're then in exile during the middle of Isaiah, and here we're back, and yet the temple, the center of life, has not been rebuilt. People are trying to figure out what does it mean to put God back in the center? What does it mean to find God in the rhythm of life? Earlier in this sermon series, you heard about pointing the fig finger and evil speak. I like to think of that in a number of ways. One is figuring out how to be a society and community again. But also I hear the desperation in that of trying so desperately because you know that God is important and yet you're exhausted, you're tired. The people of Israel have come so far and we like them know that feeling of, oh, how can I worry about someone else when I can't even get what I need? And in that scarcity mindset, we may start to think that we have to compete for God's favor. We have to compete for God's love and grace. And what we hear in Isaiah 58 so clearly is, I give to you freely and openly a generous amount of love and grace. You don't have to fight over this. You have to receive it. It's not about what you do. It's about what I've done for you. As a random trivia note, Isaiah 58 is one of my favorite chapters of Scripture. There's a number of reasons, but I love, especially in this section, this idea of being repairers of the breach. This idea that cities and roads, what we see around us, our community, will literally be rebuilt because of who God is and how God's love and light is shined through us. God says, will you keep the Sabbath? Will you rest in me? Will you build your society around me? And what we come to and start to understand is that God's love, God's grace, is not something that we participate in through spiritual acts to get. What I mean by that is we don't read the Bible. We don't pray. We don't give in the offering plate or online. We don't show up to worship 
to get something from God. In fact, it's our connection to God that fuels those activity and reminds us of who God is. It's our connection to God. We feel more parched, we feel more barren when we think that we have to be the one doing the watering. When in reality, in our text today, as we read in Isaiah 58, I want to read these words again to you from verse 11. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden. Notice who's doing the watering. It's the Lord. In just a moment, I'm going to talk about our chance to respond, but it's so important when we talk about parched places to realize everything begins by opening ourselves up to the understanding that God is the first mover. That God pours into us, waters us, makes our bones strong, quenches our parched places. We can't earn it. We can't claim it. (laughs) We have to receive. And from that receiving, all our other activities are given life. All our other activities uh, are, are given the energy, the passion, the creativity that we need to be the people of God. Now, anytime that I talk about what we need, it's also very easy to make comparisons. You may not realize this, but your pastors on staff, just using myself, Jameson, and, and Pastor Daniel as examples, we're not the same kind of pastor with the same kind of needs. Now, we both have the same end goal. We want people to be deeply connected with Jesus Christ, to have a life-giving relationship, to have their parched places watered. But who we are as people, how we connect with God is different. So I've created a little bit of a scale to help you understand the perspectives that even your clergy have, and I know that you out there have as well. On one end, there's folks like me. I like to think of us as the sloth wranglers. Have you ever seen a sloth wrangler? It's incredible. The focus, the intensity, the passion to move a sloth. I'm pretty sure the most dangerous thing to happen to a sloth is that it will fall asleep, lose its grip, and die as it falls out of a tree, you know. But yet, when I think about a sloth wrangler, it's someone who's prepared to act, but it's more organic. It rolls with the punches. I don't mean to suggest that we're more sloth-like, although my mom did once tell me that I had the spiritual gift of lounging, which I took as a compliment. I don't know if she meant it as a compliment. But there's some of us that have a more relaxed posture. We may let things come to us, but we have to be reminded that there is a response, an activity that's needed. Sure, we're prepared and we're waiting to see what happens, but life is meant to be lived out with other people. It's meant to get things done. And while I may fancy myself a sloth wrangler, I know that eventually you're going to have to move that sloth, no matter how slowly it's moving. On the other end of the spectrum, there are folks like my dear friend, Pastor Daniel, who like to think of as a little league coach, the Ted Lassos of the world. There are people that like structure and order and schedule. Daniel is a man of principle and action. We often joke about our different calendaring techniques and how we get onto each other's calendar, but I'm amazed at what Daniel can accomplish. All the people he talks to, all the rhythm and structure he has, because it's in that rhythm and structure, he would say that's how he connects to God. Now, what's very easy in this, if you're thinking about the sloth wranglers 
or you're thinking about the little league coaches out there. You're thinking about those that are maybe more relaxed as it comes to scheduling and those that thrive on more organization and structure. It can be very easy to finger point. It can be very easy to try to judge, well, one end of the spectrum is right and one end of the spectrum is wrong. One of the spectrum makes you look like a sloth. That can't be good. One of the spectrum makes you look like you just stepped out of spring training for the Marlins. And yet, that brings us back to Isaiah 58, which is we should not be finger pointing. We should be acknowledging that we're different people who connect with God in different ways. We have the same desire to know God and to share God with others. But God, who is this great waterer, I love this image, who comes through the garden and knows what every plant needs, what sunlight, what amount of water. Any of you that are gardeners will know, no plant requires the same kind of care. All plants kind of have a unique flavor to them on what they need to survive. Some need more water, some need less. One of the worst things you can do is over or underwater. Well, how do you know it? You have to know the plant. I think about that with people. When we think about how we structure our lives, how we prepare ourselves to receive from God in order to live faithfully, we have to be honest with who we are and what we need. Sure, there will be stretching and growth. For some of us, we may need more structure. For some of us, we may need a little bit more flexibility. But it's not a comparison. It's a celebration that God works and moves in such an intimate way that all of us can feel connected. So what does all of this talk around parch places and sloths and little league games have to do with generosity? Well, I think when we think about generosity, as I said in the beginning, it can be very easy to get down or to think it's something you just have to sign and, and, and do away with. It's either a check you need to send off or you don't feel like you know what you should be sending off. It, it can feel like this action that you're supposed to do. And what I want to say is in this campaign, our hope is you take a moment and pause and just Preferably reflect, who am I? Where am I at? What does it mean for me to feel connected to God? And when I'm connected, connected to God, how am I more generous? That's the right way to think about it. Generosity is not a number on a check. It, it's not a routine like an IRS tax audit. We don't have spreadsheets that we comb through to know what percentages you should be giving. It's not about that. What it's about is your personal relationship. You responding to God's generous watering and saying, this is how I respond. This is what I give in return. This is how I feel inspired to engage with the work and ministry of the church. Commitment Sunday is next week. Have a chance to fill out a card online, a chance to make a commitment and a pledge. And my hope and prayer for you is that this would be a joyous thing. If for some reason it feels like a burden or it feels arduous or it's stressing you out, just take a moment and ask why. What's going on that's making this not feel like a wonderful thing just as much as reading scripture or receiving prayer or being in worship today? Where are you at on that spectrum? And what's going on in your life that you need to feel a deeper connection with God to help, help you feel motivated and able to give back generously? This isn't manipulation. This is an expression of real life and life abundant. I'll be praying for you. 
I'll be praying for myself, that whether you are a sloth wrangler or whether you more identify with a little league coach, that you understand that you have a God who loves you intimately, that will water you consistently. And through you and your response, God will create a people who will repair the breach, who will make the streets straight again, and will welcome all into the loving kingdom of our Lord. It's for that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jameson, for that good word for us today. Uh, well, friends, just a few things here quickly for us before we go. First of all, don't forget that next Sunday is Commitment Sunday. So as I reminded you before, uh, if you consider Kindred to be your church home, I hope that you will come ready to participate in worship next week uh, and ready to confidentially let the church know how much you and, and your household uh, plan to contribute to the church financially in 2023. Uh, that'll set us up for a, a strong start to the, the new year so that we can continue to grow and, and expand Kindred ministries. We're excited uh, about that. Uh, if you're new to Kindred Church, uh, we certainly don't expect any kind of financial commitment from you. We're, we're just glad that you're here. And if you're new, I would love to connect with you. And the best way to do that is to click the connect link that you'll see in the description, fill out the short form, and that'll allow me to reach out to you later this week to, to say welcome and hello. Uh, also, we'd love to see you in in-person worship, especially if you haven't joined us for in-person worship before. And, and certainly if you're local, uh, you can get the details about how to do that on our website. It's Kindred nc.church. And then finally, as always, be sure to check the announcements link in the description. That'll take you to this week's newsletter, which has everything you need to stay up to date and, and up to speed on all the things that we've got going on at Kindred, all the ways that you can get involved and stay engaged and, and continue to grow in your faith with us uh, here. Well, with that, friends, remember that we love you and we hope you have a great week and may the peace of Christ be with you. Thanks for tuning in. If this message was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also find it meaningful. To support this ministry, to get involved with Kindred Church, or to learn more about us, check out our website, kindrednc.church. We hope you have a great week.